Welcome, welcome to another episode of Edible Rx, the podcast that teaches autoimmune warriors to use anti-inflammatory food as medicine. I'm Laura Rodriguez, holistic chef, autoimmune warrior, and backyard farmer. And today I'm having the amazing local chiropractor and functional medical practitioner, Amber Greer on for an interview. We're just going over all the things we really get into it in this episode. Nothing was off the table. Uh, We just sat down for a really nice casual conversation about her journey with autoimmunity and how she got into functional medicine and how you too can um, take control of your autoimmune condition, take control of whatever condition that you have with the help of functional medicine by listening to your body and giving it what it needs. Um, Just an absolute amazing conversation. I cannot wait for you to hear it. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Hi, Amber. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Um, I am so excited to speak to you because I want to tell you, like, just candidly, I don't really know very much about you, but I'm very impressed by you. Um, I met you recently at um, an event that you hosted at your workplace, which is Music City Health Center, correct? Yes, correct. Okay, so tell us about yourself. So you are a chiropractor, a functional medicine practitioner. Tell us more about what you do um, there. So I, I am a chiropractor. I got into holistic health, um, purely for selfish reasons. I think I shared some of that at the talk. Um, but I started out in chiropractic because I, I wanted to provide care for people. And I will be really honest, whenever I first went back to school for this, um, I I had no idea we were, (laughs) we meaning a profession, we were as crunchy and holistic as we are. Because growing up, I was involved in a really serious car accident. Um, we almost died and I was tiny. If you can believe this, I am old enough to be um, in the generation of people that didn't have car seats. Oh, and yeah. so I was injured really badly, um, head injury into my face. The doctor said I may not talk or possibly walk. It was it was pretty tough. Um, my mom wow. was pregnant with my brother at the time. So it was a really tough accident. And my mom just had the thought, the, the wherewithal to take me to a chiropractor, her neck had been injured really badly. And so that was kind of my first connection with the profession. And I went for several years, obviously I can talk. I do also sing professionally. So like my mouth and face work, (laughs) right. (laughs) I did have to have some surgeries, but, um, you know, all things considered, not too bad. Um, But that was my first connection. And so I really didn't understand that there was such a different from mainstream medicine. And so when I went back to school to be a healthcare provider, I just knew that I really wanted to help people in a way that I had been helped. And then prior to going back to school, enter autoimmune disease. Um, My body was falling apart. As I mentioned, I was a singer and in this really competitive, you know, cutthroat profession. Not that there's not cutthroat in every profession, but that's how I grew up. I grew up being pushed out on the stage and performing and I loved it, but my body was starting to talk to me Mm. and I didn't know how to respond Um, with autoimmune disease. It's just like, it's like the, the switch flips. And then it's just this whole cascade of just uh, the storm, you know? 
Mm-hmm. So that started happening in my later teen, early twenties. And I just was searching. I could not accept what doctors were laying out for me. And I knew chiropractic was a type of profession that wouldn't involve my cutting anybody open or, you know, being in an ER. And so I just, I began to dig for myself and that drew me in and I went back to school and I didn't add the functional medicine piece until later. Um, I was actually in practice and watching people under care get better, but I was still really sick myself. So I began to add in functional medicine and, and additional postgraduate education for that to be able, like, there's more to it. You know, there's more to this body and the adjustments while I love them, the adjustments weren't, it's like, they weren't enough for me. I still, I still needed more. And so that's what started me on that journey. Um, and it's been, it's been crazy. I am healthier now at almost 43 than I ever was in my teen years and twenties and then thirties when I was having babies. Um, so it's really changed my life. And I, I just, I, I don't want anybody else to experience the years of struggle with autoimmune disease that I had. You know, if there's any way I can be the, the waiver of the red flag, you know, to yeah. say, Hey, there's another way, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I get up and, and do what I do and work outside the box and work outside of mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's the short version. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It seems like your life kind of came full circle and it was really saved by chiropractic and now you're saving others that way. But with that added, um, you know, work that you do when chiropractic can only go so far. So let's just touch on lightly um, some of the other services that you offer your patients then. Is it? um, So mm -hmm. with, um, and of course, you know, I I, want to be really clear. There's always a place for, of course, emergency medicine. And we're obviously really thankful for the healthcare um, testing that we have access to in this country, even though when you go to mainstream, the, the biggest issue I have is that women are coming to me and it's like, I've had this lab done and everything comes back normal, right? Everything comes back normal whenever you get a panel from your mainstream provider. And I try to explain to people, I, I do explain that those panels are normal because the panels are designed to result in treatment with with medication. Mm -hmm. So one uh, level off equals one medication to help you. And one medication, if you don't already know one medication, it's just like autoimmune disease, they bring buddies, right? I don't have one autoimmune condition. I have three, one medication results in two and three and so on, the longer we're on them. So with functional testing, the tests are different. The panels um, I do (laughs) I'm going to have you poop in a cup, right? I have a lot of people that do our functional stool testing to help understand GI, the health of your gut microbiome, Um, not just pathogens that make you sick, but where is your level of wellness, right? That's what we want for you. And then how to fill in those gaps. So nutritional testing through that, we do food allergy and sensitivity testing, which has been amazing to get the gut started on the right path to get, uh, achieve more gut health. I test women's hormones. I generally prefer urine panels for hormone testing. It's a little different than a blood panel. Um, but we do test blood as well. And of course, saliva, if we need, we do heavy metals testing, neurotransmitter testing via urine, heavy metals, looking for a uh, heavy metal toxicity, right? So there's all of these other pieces that were just, 
not given in our day-to-day, you know, our, our medical system is not really designed to help you in your day-to-day life to stay healthy. Mm -hmm. We have incredible emergency services, but day-to-day, if your body, if you want function and health without it being connected to a pill, you're, you're just not going to get it in our system. And so Mm -hmm. that's where providers like myself come in and it starts with how we're going to test you. It's Mm -hmm. not the run of the mill stuff. And yeah, it's gross to poop in a cup, but you know what? We're going to learn from that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you touched on it a little bit in the beginning. Let's really go in depth here. So you said you have three autoimmune conditions. What, what are they? So my first one was autoimmune thyroid condition. They called it just autoimmune thyroiditis back in the day. I was never really labeled with Hashimoto's and I now understand like the markers to give you Hashimoto's, um, Hashimoto's falling into the hypothyroidism. So autoimmune hypothyroid, meaning your thyroid just isn't working, isn't performing. Um, so I started out with that diagnosis at 19. Um, and then I was shortly diagnosed with PCOS there afterward. So I began to gain a lot of weight and kind of got the, the spare tire tummy really early on. Um, so PCOS was really difficult and I did, I, I got the ultrasounds done, all of the things that would verify that I was just full of cysts. Um, and then ulcerative colitis would come on a few years later. Um, and I, I will say I was medicated for PCOS and medicated for, um, infertility issues that came with that. And then as a result of those medications, after several years, my guts fell apart. So Mm -hmm. the ulcerative colitis, I didn't receive that diagnosis until I was 28, Um, And it's still the most difficult and can be the most debilitating because, you know, if I am in a flare, um, it's, it's difficult to function. So I'm very transparent about that. My body is not this perfect picture of health, but compared to where I was and now knowing how to um, treat my triggers, knowing how to treat my body when I find myself heading toward a flare, right? Mm -hmm. That's been the life-changing information and how to take care of myself versus, you know, popping all of these steroids and these biologic medications that come with a slew of other side effects. Mm -hmm. So um, again, the colitis was, is also the most scary um, visually, you know, if you don't know what it is, it is significant amounts of bleeding in the stool and it's just disturbing <laughs> when you go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about poop in my practice, <laughs> um, but you're it, in a it safe is. space. It's okay. <laughs> right. Good. Great. <laughs> um, but it's, it's really difficult because, you know, I, I really felt like, oh my, you know, my body is just letting me down my body. I I have all these ambitions and and my brain is up here and my heart and my drive and my body is letting me down. So there's a lot of depression that goes with that. A lot of, um, you know, self-doubt, like, how am I going to ever be able to do the things that I want to do for my patients? And of course my children and my, my loved ones, whenever my body just keeps letting me down. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's been probably the most difficult one. And then overhauling, you know, how I talk to myself, just that inner dialogue of your body's not letting you down. It's trying to communicate symptoms are communication. You just have to know how to respond and then interpret that. Um, 
and the functional testing is it's, it's helping you, you know, we've literally taking every bit of, you know, saliva, blood, urine, whatever that your body makes and, and put together the pieces for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, yeah. definitely the most difficult, like I said, and I, I think I shared this earlier and I do let patients know, but I have been completely med free for almost seven years. Oh, wow. So that's been really incredible. Cause I, your body, my body started to change quite a bit with all the steroids and meds. Mm-hmm. Um, that just wasn't fun in my mid thirties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So let's get into it. So how did you go from being on medication to where you are today, living medication free? Let's talk about the journey. I know they're probably very different for each condition, but there must be some underlying common thread that you think maybe, um, exists to where you can still, still, you know, live, medication medication free at this point. Um, so absolutely. So some of these, um, well, the medications that were suggested the, I guess the more scary ones, they're scary to me because they're new. And, you know, when you start these things, you're generally told you're never going to be able to go off of them. So I, um, I, I, got started whenever I first found out about some of the labs that I use now for functional testing, I was just on the front end of my education for that. And I just got the food sensitivities test. That was my very first thing. Cause obviously for me, you know, my guts are falling apart. It makes sense that, you know, we've got to change the diet, right? We've got to change. And even at the time, you know, I was eating what I knew to be clean and healthy and I had gone vegan and and smoothies and just doing the best that I could do. Mm -hmm. And so that was my first step. And Mm -hmm. I I connected with a lab that I use and I just started offering it to patients. I had zero hope for myself at that point because I needed to go and prove it. Mm -hmm. Um, So for the first six months of getting my feet wet with that, before I introduced the stool and then the other components, I just started offering to patients and I just sat back and watched them. Mm -hmm. And it sounds cynical, but I had to have more proof because at this point I had tried everything, right? That's what I get every day that comes into my door. Like, Oh my gosh, you know, I'll do anything because I've already tried everything. Mm -hmm. All right. So I watched them get better and just, I had a lady and I'll never forget her. She had really severe rheumatoid arthritis she, as a chiropractic patient, she couldn't lift her arms. So her shoulders, she couldn't raise her arms to put on a shirt. She could barely get the the fork up to her mouth to feed herself. Okay. And she was really struggling. So, you know, her pain complex was high all throughout the body, but it was really in her shoulders and she had a lot of damage. And so I started her and I thought, and she was in her sixties and I thought, okay, if she can do this, if this person improves, I will I will jump on board for myself. <laughs> and it took her, it took her three weeks of really being in the, and you're talking about somebody who, you know, lived off of, you know, white bread sandwiches and, and, you know, this certainly isn't a, a shot or dig at this person, but she just had zero knowledge sure. of healthy food versus unhealthy. It was just whatever she ate is what she ate. Sure. So she overhauled she, she kicked and screamed and wasn't real happy at first, but she overhauled her diet and followed those restrictions. And within three weeks, she was able to raise her arms overhead. 
Wow. Now that's huge for her because she yeah. raised her arms and she just started crying. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm about crying. Crying. <laughs> been talking about it, but she was kind of that final one. Cause other ladies that were kind of seemingly healthier, they started doing it and they were like, Oh my gosh, you know, I've lost 10 pounds or my belly looks great. Or I'm, you know, I had one lady that lost 20 pounds in her first two months of doing it. But this lady with the rheumatoid and that type of condition, you know, just after a few weeks to be able to raise her arms was incredible. So I finally took the test for myself and (laughs) did the things. And I, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, I can't eat any of the things that I know about. Mm -hmm. So, and it's not take away things that I love. It was, what can I, okay. So what do I get to have now, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to make those changes and then really digging into, as you know, all of the you know, there's the, the AIP protocol and the FODMAP. Mm -hmm. And then of course you have keto and paleo and these just endless amounts of diets that, you know, still aren't really customized. So the foods were step one and learning about all of the things that triggered my inflammation, how to Mm -hmm. stay out of that flare. Um, and it's kind of gross, but I was not even able to submit a stool sample at that point. Mm -hmm. So I had to begin eating the way you know, I could eat to get on track with my belly and then made it to being able to submit stool sample within a couple of months because Mm -hmm. my stool was just, oh, just awful, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so the foods were huge for me and, you know, just helping people understand, like I can adjust you every day. Unfortunately, if you are taking some sort of pills every day, nothing affects you the way your food and what we put in does, you know, externally adjustments and other therapies are wonderful, but they're not going to hit the cellular level as the way that our foods do, right. You do this two to three times a day. Right. So that was huge. And that starting point. And then of course it was just like, all right, we got to do more. We got to dig deeper. There's, there's more to this, you know, Mm But the food test, were you, um, were you still eating like processed foods? Were you still eating, you know, gluten, dairy, anything else that's like highly inflammatory or were you, um, or was it more so like, I really need to take out nightshades and nuts and seeds and whatever else was specifically causing you, um, some inflammation. Yeah. So by the time I had reached that point in career change and education, yes, I was away from processed foods. Um, we were pretty, you know, full organic in our household with everything that we did eat, Mm -hmm. um, had the kiddos on a good plan, but most of the, you know, processed rice and soups and things that we get from the grocery store, those things were already gone from my life and Mm -hmm. I still wasn't better. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was interesting that one of my biggest triggers was actually, um, rice and peas. I really struggled with legumes mm-hmm. and I was living off of this vegan, you know, a vegan based, uh, protein product, um, that seemed like a wonderful thing, right? All the label said all the right things. It was organic and clean. Um, and that was that was the biggest bit of inflammatory on the, on the test. You see how inflamed each item makes you, you, they've kind of got it on a sliding scale and the rice and peas and cashews. I really struggle with some legumes and nuts, 
Um, but those were the most difficult thing for me at that time. Mm -hmm. And there were some other things that were spices and herbs. And I, you know, I kind of joke, I was living off of that vegan smoothie and then this ginger tea and ginger is something that my body was like, Oh, pump the brakes, (laughs) you know? And I never would have known that because ginger (laughs) is healthy, right? Ginger tea for the gut. And usually marketed or, you know, identified as being an anti-inflammatory. Absolutely. Ingredient. Yes, absolutely. So anti-inflammatory, um, you know, helping with your joints, all of the things that you think of, I was trying to do, I just had to get a specific picture of what my body needed. So I cut the ginger, I cut the teas that I was drinking. Um, I actually had reactivities to green tea and black tea girl. I was living off of tea. You know, that's the only thing that felt soothing, cut all of that. Um, and got on a plan. So inflammatory, obviously non-processed, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plus that extra layer of this is what my body needs and can and can't have. I love that. So let's talk about, you know, because I feel like there's a lot of um, emerging science that shows that like food sensitivities are often linked to leaky gut and or, um, you know, gut imbalance. And so if you were to work on healing the gut and you were able to really spackle that gut and close up that permeability, and then also, you know, balance your gut microbiome, you should be able to reintroduce those foods that you were previously um, sensitive to. So did you find that was um, happening in your case, or are you still not eating peas and rice and ginger and all that stuff? Cash? Oh, no, that that is a great follow-up question, (laughs) ma'am. So yes, kind of, um, our next step, once I got, I was able to do the stool testing. So we look at, yes, you have these sensitivities, but you're spot on. Why do you have them? What can we do to keep this from continuing? And that is cleaning up the gut. So that's where the stool test comes in because I actually had, Oh, this is about to get gross people. This (laughs) I had, um, parasites. I had been hospitalized two years prior to this. I'd had a a bad reaction. I was just really weak from being in a flare. I'd been in a hospital and picked up a very common bacterial infection. I had no idea that infection had set up shop. My leaky gut, leaky gut is a, is a nice way to put it, right? (laughs) But leaky gut to the max parasitic infection, bacterial infection, and then additional yeast infection in the gut. So these things were candida overgrowth. Did you have SIBO or when you say it's not considered SIBO, I had candida. Um, it's kind of gross, but small intestinal, uh, infection, it's just higher up. It's, it's kind of like where the problem is located in the gut. Mine was all, and and parasites, by the way, parasites can burrow into the liver as well. So parasites are just they were everywhere. Um, and the yeast, the gut yeast infection, yeast overgrowth. So yes, it was top to bottom. So, and you, I also now run a blood screen for candida as well. So we can see because candida, you may already know, but candida gets in the bloodstream and can cross the blood brain barrier and can, you know, further add to your slew of symptoms. So I had, I call it the trifecta. So Mm -hmm. I had (laughs) bacterial infection, parasitic infection, and this huge yeast overgrowth. Um, and quite frankly, detox and cleaning up my body that first month was hell. I thought, you know, I just symptoms and all that kind of stuff was just 
Mm-hmm. I could barely, I mean, I was out of bed just long enough to treat patients and back in bed. I have three and four o'clock at night in the afternoon. You know, I had to cut my hours. It was just, it was just a really tough time. And I was in practice just by myself. So it was easy for me to move things around, but the die off that month and what happened to my skin, um, it was in my hair and my eyes. So my eyes even started to fog and my, um, lids were constantly swollen, swollen. Um, it, it was, (laughs) it was rough. But that's how we get that gut clean and then healthy. So you remove the interference and then start that repair work so you can have restoration and not live in this bubble of, you know, extreme restriction your whole life, because that's not living either. I mean, do I care that I have to give up peas and rice? No. Um, And yes, I do retest for myself every year. I retest because your immune system adapts, it changes, it heals. And I went from having... 35 food restrictions to now I'm down to four things that I have to avoid and stay away from. And, um, we talk a lot about food rotation and how to keep that gut and keep you from developing, um, further sensitivities, right? Cause it's Mm -hmm. ultimately the permeability in the gut is now much improved. I do have amazing poops now, everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? If we get around the applause for the poops, just, guys. <laughs> yes, you want like this gold star? Like, oh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but yes, that's how you regain that health because just getting the the picture of the foods, you like, you know, you can't live that way forever. Most people can't. Right. Um, and you know, some things will never come back. Like I'll never bring processed gluten back into my life. Mm -hmm. Not ever, no way, no how, but not in this country. Right. But Mm -hmm. I just, these are the things we check every year to make sure we're on the right path and we're staying as flare free as possible. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that. So did you treat the candida and the bacteria and the parasites all at once, or was there an order that you did them in? And are are you doing the same thing for your patients now? Did you come to like a, you know, a way that you like to do it or is it different for every patient? What would you say? Um, okay. So for myself, yes, I jumped in and that's why I was so miserable. (laughs) I jumped in treating everything at once Cause you're probably um, short on time and you've been sick for so long. You're like, let's just yeah. do this. I'm not going like, to just for six months and mm-hmm. trying to work around it. Yeah. Gotcha. And I do. Um, so one, one little caveat, especially with the stool lab, I get, of course, I want to treat you naturally. I would prefer to stay away from pharmaceuticals, mm-hmm. but my case was so bad. So I did have to get some drug therapy, mm-hmm. uh, just to treat. I think I did meds for the yeast actually. Oh, okay. It was so out of control. So I was using, I did have to use a little uh, bit of medication around of that. Um, and then natural, you know, all natural things for the parasites, killers for sure. Killers, antifungals, antiparasitic, um, herbs and, and vitamins. So I did treat those naturally, but yes, I ripped the bandaid all at once. (laughs) I had no idea how bad it was going to get. But really after that three weeks, I started to see the light and turn a corner with my patients. We, I do try to, cause I know their whole lifestyle. So I've got to walk them through in a way that they can get better, but mm-hmm. they can also 
face what they have to do every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, especially when they've been sick and if they've been in bed for so long. So yeah, that, that path of, okay, how do we get this? How extreme do we want to be? And then I always have a good timeline. Hey, you can expect that it's going to take this long for this to clear. And we do, it's like peeling the layers of an onion. Mm -hmm. If I rip the bandaid and treat everything that can be, um, too hard on their body. Overwhelming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Too overwhelming. And, you know, I have people tell me all the time, well, I was doing pretty well. And then we started and I felt like everything was flaring. Yes. Because your body is taking out the trash that inflammation rears up all of the cells that are designed to help you and heal you. They don't feel good in the process because the injury, that chronic injury of chronic inflammation is there. And so when those cells start to turn and, and turn over and get out, it is a tough process. Mm -hmm. So I like to pace them. I've found that just being clear with timeline and expectation up front helps. You know, I tell them this is not magic, but let's not forget all the medications and the side effects that come with them. You know, how, how often are people coming in saying, you know, I tried this drug and I feel awful, feel awful. So, um, it's kind of like, where do you want to put the work in? Do you want to work to feel better from something you've gotten pharmaceutically, or do you want to work to feel better while you're overhauling your lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't sugarcoat it, but it's, um, it is, you have to pace yourself because if you, if a patient is highly inflamed and infected, it's, (laughs) it can be too much. So I always take that into consideration and treat them effectively, but as gently as we can, so they can continue with, with life. Right. Absolutely. Wow. Interesting. So do you still do, um, do you test for parasites and candida and things like that on yourself now, or do you feel like you have a good, you can tell in your body when you, or are you doing like a can or, um, parasite cleanse every full moon or what do you normally do? Cause I know everybody has parasites and you know, it's one of those things that like, I feel like most people who are sick mm-hmm. have a parasitic infection that needs to be addressed. Right. At least right. I know I did. And I still do. Um, we've only done, I think two full moons so far of our first parasitic cleanse. So we're still working on it, but, um, how do you go about that? Like continue? So yes, I do. Um, So I will get updated stool testing. So I do that for myself. And, and when patients walk through the process as well, we lay out when you feel this, or if you have, um, of course, if you've been on any type of antibiotic, if, if someone gets sick and they feel like they need that support, you know, we lay out stool testing can be redone after that. Um, for myself personally, I do use, um, the, I call it the, the parasite cleanse, the light. So mm-hmm. I use a full parasite protocol. That is a full cycle a full 30 day mm-hmm. with patients. I've used that for myself to treat when I knew, all right, this is what I'm dealing with. We're going to do the full parasite cleanse. It, it's difficult on the body, but once you're in on a cleaner path, it's not as bad when mm-hmm. somebody brand new to the practice is really struggling. That parasite protocol it, is tough but it's 30 days. And then I do the spot shot, I call it, which is your cycle of the five days around the moon, around the full moon. Um, and use, uh, I do have an actual protocol for that. Most patients, it gets more individualized, but for parasites, I do, I love a company that I work with. It's Cellcore Mm -hmm. is the name Mm -hmm. of their products. Mm -hmm. Um, and they are fantastic. And 
the other parasite treatments that I was using, this is an, an actual system that I love using. Um, but for myself, I have, and they have some kind of maintenance products. So I do use a maintenance product every day. I take mm -hmm. it before bed, um, okay. just to keep things moving within myself, keep a, mm -hmm. they call it, uh, the, the poop you can be proud of, right. <laughs> to keep everything on track. So okay. once I do a major cleanse, I will do a light cleanse with a patient. So we'll do a full 30 day, of course, depending upon their severity, but a full 30 day. And then the next month around the full moon, we'll do a light. Um, and then some patients I have, they want to do the full cleanse every six months. Mm. Um, I find that, you know, I've got some diehards that think they want to do it every month. It's a little tough on the body. Um, but if you know, you know, and we retest a stool test between a nine and, and 12 month marker, if you're still struggling, you know, the most I would do would be three full months in a row mm -hmm. of the 30 day. Okay. Um, yeah. And that yeah. is, you know, that's extreme, but then like, you know, there's maintenance that we do after the fact, um, to keep your body on track and keep them from coming back. Mm -hmm. But, um, the severity, so are you doing the, um, the full, um, detox pathway drainage before the 30 day, or are you just like, let's get these parasites you know, paralyzed and out of your system? No, that's a great question. You have to open up the lymphatics first because, and I like to pace them. We set a date of, all right, here's what we're dealing with now. At the very least, I like to get two weeks of that lymphatic drainage started with them mm -hmm. um, because parasite detox can be really constipating in the beginning. Um, their bodies swell. You'll get extra puffy, <laughs> right? If, if swelling, and of course, if, if weight gain is already an issue that they have and they don't want to look and gain any more weight, sure. but yes, we've got to start with the lymphatics first and that drainage process. And then that's what I love about the, the products that I do use now is that the lymphatic drainage piece is in with the system. Oh, so, cool. or you can use it isolated, right? So I do start kind of lay the groundwork. And some people, we have to do that for a month before I can even jump into the, the big 30 day cleanse. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, especially when I'm treating, I do treat mostly women, but women's bodies, we also have to consider their cycle when in the month they're ovulating and the difficulty that they may be having with their sex hormones, that's going to affect how the parasite, how hard the parasite cleanses on their body. Mm. You know, it really affects your energy levels. Those yeah. parasites, they don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. That, that this is their home now, right? Yeah. They <laughs> so, like it there. <laughs> they like it. That's right. They love it. So, you know, how their bodies are doing reproductively, um, is also taken into account before I just, I put somebody on that cleanse. Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, I jumped in way too harshly with myself, <laughs> um, but it got the job done. Yeah, so yeah. I kind of joke yeah. with patients. I promise you I've treated myself more harshly and in order to get a good, you know, I want to lay it out for them in a way that's doable, um, to where they don't feel like, okay, my life is going to end over the next couple of months because I just can't get myself out of bed. You know, we yeah. do want to be a little more gentle than that. <laughs> I love that. So I feel like we need to do a separate, just like parasite talk. Cause this is obviously so fascinating. I think it's one of those things that like, doesn't really get discussed enough. And most Absolutely. people probably, they think we're crazy when we say these types of things, like, no, I don't have any parasites. I would know if I had a parasite, but like, 
I think that's probably not true. Like most people correct. have that's parasites. Correct. That is not true. You don't right. know. So, <laughs> so, um, so you did, you did food sensitivity testing, gut health testing. You, um, you did the co-infections and cleared out the candida. Was there anything else after that? Or were you like, okay, now I feel great. Um, no. So kind of back to previously in with the, the autoimmune conditions, I had also, um, I have two beautiful, healthy children that were conceived naturally, but I also had a miscarriage in that mix. Mm -hmm. And after the miscarriage I had, um, I did choose a DNC and then I had a post-surgical scar tissue bleed out. Um, and so I, I, it was like, I was never going to stop bleeding. So mm -hmm. I had this bleed. I had to go back to the ER. So I had zero, um, iron stores. My iron and ferritin were very low. The gut is upstream to our sexual hormones. And so if the gut's not happy and, and had been compromised for so long, there was no way my female and reproductive hormones were on track. Sure. So in addition to, you know, the parasite cleanse and all of the gut the poopy stuff, right. I had to get my, my cycles back on track. So I, it seemed like I was never going to stop bleeding. I bled for six to eight weeks. I think after that second procedure was done and I just, I couldn't get the hormones back where they needed to get my cycles back because we did want to try to conceive again. We did not. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I'm, now I'm old and I'm past that, but, <laughs> um, but that was huge because in addition to really struggling with, GI pain and not being able to eat and discomfort. I, my cycles were getting more and more, um, off track. So I was having them as close to 18 days apart and it just, that was difficult as well. So, you know, our bodies are this one lovely piece. They all, all the pieces work together. We were never meant to be divided up into parts. So if mm -hmm. your gut's not working, you know, PS, your uterus and ovaries are, they're right there together, right? <laughs> Proximity. <Yeah. laughs> But from they're at the hormone, same party, <laughs> that's right. From the, from a hormone production standpoint, you know, there was no way my body could do what it needed to, because my immune system was on fire from what mm -hmm. was happening in the gut. So mm -hmm. the female reproduction side of things, you know, I was a mess. Um, and quite frankly, you know, zero sex drive, zero sure. zest, my poor husband, you know, just hanging out trying to be supportive, but it was really interfering with obviously my, our relationship and my fatigue was so high. So, um, it's never just the one thing. Like, I love it when we get answers for patients. Here's what parasites are doing to you. Parasites have spread into other systems in the body that you may not even consider. Right. Um, so working on the female and I did, I did the, I used the urine panel for myself. I mm -hmm. actually did it an extended urine hormone tracking for myself, which is uh, about a 33 day tracking wow. through the urine uh, for your sex hormones. So I did that to, to get all the pieces back together post miscarriage. I run those tests whenever women have miscarried a lot and they are really looking for answers because they want a baby. Um, there is a, a regular one that is more of my go-to, but an extreme infertility or multiple losses, I will do the extended panel. So it's much and longer. And that means taking a urine sample for 30 days? 
Yes, ma'am. At the same time every day or is it at various every day times? at the same time? And then there's a day, a five day rotation where you get okay. evening, overnight, okay. mid morning. Um, so yes, you collect so I'm it. very curious. What was your hormone panel? What did it come back? Were you low cortisol? Were you high estrogen? What, what was your specific? Um, yeah, great question. I was extremely low progesterone. So my progesterone was tanking out like you know, I was headed into menopause. Um, the cortisol, uh, my cortisol was running much higher than I wanted it to be. Cause I was just stressed all the time. So I was like wired, but low progesterone and my ovulation, my ovulation was happening a, a week and a half sooner than it should. So when your progesterone tanks, you don't have what you need to have a good quality egg. The egg is not healthy. The egg hasn't had its full life cycle before it drops. And so that's why you really are prone to miscarriage and why I had miscarried before, because yes, I had an egg, but that egg wasn't viable to make it into full-term pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So my progesterone was tanked. My estrogen was in a normal level, but by comparison, because the, the progesterone was so low, I would be considered estrogen dominant. Right. Um, so and progesterone then controls estrogen, right? It's like, well, estrogen is the first half of our cycle. That's what, uh, controls how you're making your egg when that egg drops. And then when that egg is not fertilized, progesterone comes in the second half of your cycle. If your egg's not fertilized, you move on and progesterone regulates the length of your cycle. So the length in between your bleeding days, Okay. right? So when my okay. progesterone was tanking and progesterone is your communicator from your immune system, the immune system was on fire and the body is really trying to protect itself. So it'll mm. downregulate progesterone. So you can't conceive. Mm. Um, and it's really this amazing saying thing. your body's like, you're not healthy enough to have a baby right now. That's correct. That's wow. correct. So, um, we did, you know, I have to walk through with patients, um, and, and nobody, nobody loves this part, but whenever you are trying to conceive, if you've had multiple losses, I actually put them through at least 90 days, sometimes six months of absolute, uh, using protection. I prefer that you and your partner either abstain, use the rhythm method, of course, use a, a you know, condoms, but you cannot conceive right now. If you want to carry, we've got mm -hmm. to put you on a path to healing, mm -hmm. get things regulated, get those progesterone, if it's progesterone, but get those levels back up because you need time to have that healthy egg that can be viable. I love that. That's protecting the, protecting you in a way that instead of just continuously, you know, miscarrying, like, let's just, let's stop right. for now and let's get healthy. And then let's work on the, that egg production. That's really smart. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, and women that, you know, I only, only dealt with one miscarriage. I've, I deal with women that have had four and five and they just, they think they can just keep trying and trying and trying. And sometimes your mainstream provider will put you on progesterone pills. You know, let's give this a like go. A synthetic one. And, mm -hmm. oh, and wow. to help them. Um, and it's just, it's really difficult on the body. I tell my patients, I want you to conceive, carry, and then care for that baby, right? Your body is going to be, a, if you make it through the pregnancy, then your body's a wreck because we've had to keep all of these synthetic hormones in to keep the pregnancy viable. Um, and I understand, of course, why women choose 
that option. Sure. Yeah. But what if we could get your eggs as healthy and viable on the front end to where you didn't have to have that throughout your pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And then you're at a lower risk for postpartum and some of these really difficult things when you got this new baby that is literally sucking the life out of you. Right. Oh, <laughs> right. So we want healthy conception and pregnancy and then beyond. Right? <clears throat> yeah. Wow. So your story is going to inspire so many people. Cause I feel like it's so similar to some, what so many people are going through, even if they don't know that's what they're going through necessarily. So what would you say to somebody who feels like they're sick and tired and they don't know where to go or what to do? And they've tried everything and their doctor keeps sending them home, telling them that they're fine and that their labs are fine. And maybe they just need to stress less and eat better and exercise more. <laughs> right. Sure. Stress less. Good luck. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I, I, I am want to be that. I am that provider who hears that every day. Um, there is another way. Absolutely. Um, and of course, you know, connecting with me in the practice, get a first appointment set up beyond that first appointment. If I'm not for you and you're not for me, and this is not what you want to do. Great. We absolutely go our separate ways. Um, I was talking to another colleague just yesterday about, he was saying, you know, we want to repel as much as we attract. So functional, uh, practitioners, we are, it is growing. I believe this side of the profession is getting more awareness. Um, I love that. I hate to hear all of the, the stories that women have already been through before they get to me. And even though I'm, I'm happy that you're here, it's just sucks that I've tried everything else and now I'm here and now I'm ready. I want you to come to somebody like me first, because I would love to have taken you away from all of the attempted, you know, medications that have left your body really sick and your body's still paying a price for those side effects. And that That just makes your job harder. (laughs) It does. It does. But connecting, you know, and, um, I, I want to connect at that first appointment. And again, the functional testing, if you choose a different path, great. If you're in it with me, I dig in. I I love you before you've walked in the door. And I am passionate about keeping, you know, you on track because really as women, not that we don't treat men, but especially for women, you know, it's our job to take care of our kiddos. And we really are. We I want to change you know, I, I was taken to the doctor because my mom just did what the pediatrician said and everything they said. And every time I got an ear infection, I, you know, is med after med. And I want to change that for not only you, the woman in the household as a mom and a spouse, but for your kids, if, you know, if, if you have children, but that really to change that trajectory of their health to where they're not, they don't turn into these inflamed, sick adults. Right. So when somebody comes in, I'm looking at you now, but I'm looking at where you're going to be in 10 years. And if creating a family is part of that deal, where that's going to take those kiddos as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, so do you really... offer in your practice, um, like integrative therapies as well? Do you, do you prescribe like prescription medication as well when needed, or is it just um, the alternative therapies and supplements and stuff. So we use alternative therapies only. Okay. However, I do have information. If, like I said, when they get their testing back specifically with a stool test, if they need medication, I have ones that are going to work and ones that aren't going to work. So the labs actually test 
let's just say you do have a fungal infection in your gut, it will test the right ones and it'll show what's, what's not going to be effective at this point. Um, it does that with bacterial infections as well. So I have that information, but if a person wants to reach out, they would need to reach out to their PCP or other provider because as a chiropractor, I'm not going to write a pharmaceutical script. Okay. Gotcha. Understand. Okay. So what would you say? Um, cause I feel like every autoimmune warrior, as they go on their healing journey, they reflect upon the things that may have gotten them to where they are today, because, um, at least I know for me, I do that. So <laughs> do you have mm-hmm. any things that you think, you know, as you had just lightly touched upon antibiotic use in your childhood and stuff, anything else that you think may have contributed to that kind of like onset of autoimmune issues that you had later in life? Or do you think that um, you're not really sure? Absolutely. Um, a lot of childhood trauma, mm-hmm. um, their, their, um, sexual abuse as a child and moving in, in my teen years when my body started to fall apart, there had been years of living in that stressful space as a little girl, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and then it's interesting because whenever I developed the colitis diagnosis, my husband at the time left me for someone else. We had been trying to conceive and I'd been on all of these medications and he was not about it. (laughs) Um, so yeah, my body had these, these big stressful events. Um, and by the time I'd reached the, the later diagnosis of colitis, I'd been in a marriage. I'd been with him for most of my adulthood. We'd been together for 10 years. Um, everything kind of came to the surface. He left me. We were moving forward with divorce. I finally, I felt closure, peace, kind of like the next chapter of my life is about to start. And then my body just fell apart in a way, unlike even previous years, (laughs) if that, if that makes sense. Um, really tough, stressful, mental and emotional things that had happened. Um, I have been to therapy and counseling for myself to work through those mental and emotional issues. And when we have emotion, um, excuse me, specifically sexual trauma in a patient's history, um, I always want to make sure I'm co-managing with their therapist or their emotional support system. Um, because there's so many traumas and stressors that, lead us to the autoimmune switch. Um, and I, and it is a switch your body, that toxic bucket is full and your body takes what it can take until it cannot take anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I, I know, and I've done so much research into, you know, the, the psychological, um, issues behind autoimmune disease. We could probably, discuss that on a whole different day. Um, so for sure trauma. And I, I do make it a point whenever someone's in my practice, when they come in, we talk about emotional stressors, emotional stressors recently, like I get a timeline of their biggest, um, traumas, I guess, emotional traumas. Mm -hmm. Um, and inevitably, so this is just to give you one example. I was dealing with a woman. She's in her fifties. She's still a wonderful patient. We have been dealing with severe recurring UTI over and over and over and over. And she had been my patient and I was kind of digging. I said, you know, I just feel like there's something you're not, you're not telling me. 
And she said, okay, <laughs> I do see a therapist. I've kept it long enough, but I was abused as a little girl. The abuse lasted for five years and there are things physically that happen to me, you know, and it's like the, the trauma is held in that spot in the body. Yeah. The body knows the body keeps score. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that is where the majority of my trauma is. And she caught, she said, I, I don't think I was clear with you, but you are on my team. You're on my team of care providers that are helping me. And then she walked me through who she's been seeing therapeutically for that. Um, I then sent her to another therapist in the Nashville area that does myofascial release in mm -hmm. the GI areas. Oh. It's a, a wonderful hands-on therapy. It's not something that I perform, but she does it all through the gut to release, um, held traumas or from your trauma, physical yeah. tissue. Yeah. So for sure that, um, between abuse and, and some things of a sexual nature, um, that was a, a, a kicker for me. And of course, when she mentioned that we both just had this like, Oh, you know, yeah. emotional moment. But, you know, when she told me that I said, great, I'm glad to be on your team. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. We're going to do some other tests. We did finally get to the bottom of this specific bacterial infection that was creating that it was all in her gut. We're on stool test number three oh, wow. to just follow up and make sure we're still treating appropriately. And then we did co-manage because she did need some medical therapy. Can't sure. live like that. Yeah. Um, so it's been fantastic. I've actually wow. connected with her emotional therapist as well. This lady is uh, about an hour outside of Nashville. Um, and she's a great referral source as well. Yeah. So I know I, you know, when she started in, I said, listen, I have some similar traumas, but this part is you've got to get some help elsewhere. You know, mm -hmm. this is not just about me stepping in and, you know, doing all the things for you. And she does, she needs a team and, um, she's treating her trauma from every aspect. Wow. That's incredible. I love that about functional medicine because it takes a look at the person as a whole, instead of, as you had mentioned earlier, you know, you have PCOS and then you're going to your endocrinologist. If that's where you go for that, I'm sorry, I don't know. And then you have ulcerative colitis. And so you go to your GI doctor, whereas right. if you had a functional medical doctor, you could just go to one person yeah, and they're going to help come here. All the things. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's right. That's yeah. right. And <laughs> even when way back before I did this, you know, I was talking with the GI doctor and I have, of course, you know, when you, when you do your medical history, your intake, my cycles were not great back then. They've never been on track. They've been more on track now in my late, you know, mid to late thirties and forties than they ever were in my teen years. And so, you know, I mentioned, you know, I also have this bleeding. So when you have colitis, ulcerative colitis, I'm bleeding out the back end and I'm having heavy cycles. Like you're in this horrible state. And I just remember I've listed all this stuff. And I even asked the doctor and he was just kind of looked at me like, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't do any of that here, you know? So, and he was the same, the GI doctor, he had done my colonoscopy and, you know, I was just terrified. And he just said, Hey, just, you know, don't go get cancer. Here's four meds that can help you. There's nothing you can do to change your diet. I am begging for a dietary overhaul. And keep in mind at that point, I was as just about as skinny as I've ever been. And I'm, because I, 
I'm just going to the bathroom all the time. I just live there. And so I'm begging for a dietary, you know, do you have a nutritionist? Do you have a dietitian? Do you somebody that can help me? Um, and he was like, nah, there's, you know, studies show there's not a whole lot you can do. Just take these meds. And I said, well, anything about this, you know, my cycles are so heavy and I, I really just can't live like this. And his answer was, oh, you know, no, do you see a gynecologist? Uh, yeah, dude, of course I see a gynecologist, you know, and it just was getting me nowhere. Wow. And yes, whenever you, I, I do, we're like, all right, girl, I got you one-stop shop because I've already yeah. looked at your body as all the pieces coming yeah. together and holding hands versus, you know, your, your tummy's over here and your heart's up here and, and your yeah. uterus is down here. Right. So Wow. Yes. My, my jaw is just on the floor. I just cannot believe that, that doctor. I think so many of us have these stories with these doctors where they just <laughs> yes. say the darndest things, right? Right. And just try to dismiss you and send you on your way. And it is, it is really one of the driving forces behind um, what I did for myself and what I try to encourage my, my students to do, which is to listen to your body really. And it, yes. it's trying to tell you something and to put the pieces together, you know, because everything is connected. So whether or not you can afford a functional medical doctor, or you can find one in your area, cause that's a problem for a lot of folks. A lot of folks just don't have anybody in their area within driving distance that can do this kind of stuff. At right. some point you have to kind of take the cards into your own hands. There's lots of doctors that write books on this. You can go to your public library. That's what I did. I went to my local public library here in Portland, Tennessee, and I got stacks and stacks of books when I was diagnosed with adrenal fatigue. Cause even my doctor who's integrative, there was only so much that she told me to do. And I was like, there's gotta be more. I need, I need rapid healing. I cannot be yawning at 10 AM through a workout anymore. I'm just so, so exhausted. And, um, and so I did, I just, I read everything that I, I could read and I started following all the functional medical doctors I could follow on, on Instagram and Facebook. And I mean, to me, there are certain things that you can do to study, to learn what is your body trying to tell you to pay right. attention to, right. and then yeah. you can start to put the, the pieces together. And I do think that looking back on your childhood is really important to understand the connection and how you got to where you were, because then you know what not to do in the future, you know? Right. Absolutely. You want to be kind of that cycle breaker. And too, because I am, you know, raising a family, uh, understanding, oh my gosh, this little thing that has now I see as a trigger, I, I want to fix that within myself. Um, and then, you know, not put that on my spouse and kids. Absolutely. you know, my emotional. So there's the emotional component. And then of course the physical component. Right. Um, and I will say with the functional medicine providers in your area, um, it really, we started, I know for me, we started to think outside the box because of, um, COVID-19 and all the restrictions and shutdowns. So, um, we now treat women all over the country. We oh, do meetings just like this, okay, um, good. because I, you know, even my own practice that I had in the Asheville, North Carolina area, um, patients that were right down the street from me were, you know, really afraid to leave their homes at first. And so the telehealth, uh, concept has really kept things, um, going and mm -hmm. keeps us, you know, being allowed to be connected. So we do treat lots of patients that, you know, they aren't in office. I've got several, I've got a pocket of ladies up in the Indiana area that are all, um, referrals. And then I still treat out in North Carolina. I've got a pocket of folks down in Florida, you know, it's like one person, you know, you, you treat one person and then the 
the highest form of flattery is when they send me a family member or friend. Yeah. Um, and then I treat this huge extended family. They're all in South Carolina. And the woman that came to see me first, she has 13 children. Wow. Um, that's one three that she has given birth to. <laughs> Um, so her adult children and then their, you know, in-laws and siblings and, and all of this, this wonderful family. So, you know, they I still, <laughs> they keep you busy. I'm still able to connect because of, you know, telehealth doing what we're doing right here. You know, it's the zoom, that. the age of zoom now. And, um, yes. so I'm like, oh, COVID was frustrating. Of course, from any, of course, hospital, any healthcare establishment period. Mm -hmm. Um, sure. but for people like me. It mm -hmm. also helped, Hey, how else can we continue to help people? Because mm -hmm. I do believe that this is needed now more than ever because our environments are so toxic. Mm -hmm. Um, our bodies just can't detoxify. Mm -hmm. we're, we're just constantly inundated between what's in our water and our air and our food. And so we really are in this toxic state and understanding mm -hmm. how to combat that and then be able to live well and thrive. You know, that's mm -hmm. what we want for our patients. I love that. So something that you talked about earlier, we're going to wrap up with a little rapid fire questionnaire I'm going to throw at you. Um, but okay. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> you have said, um, you know, I forget what you said, but something about like, um, oh, when, when people try everything and then they come to you and you wish that they would come to you first, what are some little cues that their bodies might be telling them that they maybe think are just ordinary signs of aging or, you know, like having a baby and being stressed out and not sleeping enough. What are some things that folks should be listening to cues that their body might be sending them that goes, okay, I need to call Dr. Greer. Um, so I love that because it does feel like until you're sick enough, you're not going to come to a doctor like me. So a couple of things, any type of, of course, the fatigue and brain fog, we get that all the time. Kind of like what you mentioned for yourself, you're mm -hmm. yawning by 10 AM in a workout mm -hmm. and you, you kind of know like this, this can't be right. Right. Mm -hmm. This can't be right. So fatigue, brain frog, um, problems with your cycles, ladies, your cycle, a healthy cycle should be 25 to 28 days. You should have no more than three to five bleeding days. You really shouldn't be doubled over cramping and in horrible pain all the time. You know, so many of us don't understand what healthy should be. It's just, well, this is normal. This is how I've always lived. So learning about what your body's trying to say is a, is a big part. Mm -hmm. So irregular cycles. And then I have women that reach out that know they want to conceive in six months to a year. And so we do that preconception care, which is, yeah, let's get the body cleaned up. Let's get, get you in your healthiest state. So your eggs can be healthy. So you can be a, a nice host for that baby. Um, so preconception is huge. And then really just, um, that first sign of, you know, I've had bad periods my whole life. Um, I, myself, you know, I had them, I started at 10, it was seemed way too young. And then they were only two weeks apart as an 11 year old, wow. you know? So I wish, you know, my mom had known back then there are other options, um, but really the cycles for women, because we get them young, we're under, you know, our mom's care or, or pediatrician's care. That's the, that's a biggie. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I'm seeing more and more, um, 
hypertension and angina type symptoms in younger women, women in their thirties that are starting to get that rapid heart rate, palpitations, shortness of breath. Um, and now doctors are using, they may just put them on a blood pressure medication just to decrease all of that, but there's more and more anxiety. And now anxiety is being treated with blood pressure medications. So oh. you're, you're using because women are like, Oh, you know, I don't want to be on some of these, uh, sure. medications that are going to affect my neurotransmitters. So now they're getting these blood pressure medications and it's like blood pressure medications just being doled out to younger and younger generations. Um, so again, mm -hmm. high heart rate, irregular periods is huge. Cause that covers a, just a, a litany of things that could be happening in your body. Uh, and then GI, Folks, you need one to two healthy bowel movements a day that look like a soft serve ice cream or an S curve in the toilet. <laughs> that is normal. Yes. When you walk into the door and you tell me, oh, well, I, my poop's normal. I only go once every week or once every two weeks. No, ma'am, that is not healthy. That is not normal. That's not how your body was designed to function. <laughs> so long, of course, slim, um, not slim, but long, like snake-like logs in the toilet, right? Not small, yep. hard like thing. that will kind of curve and you, mm -hmm. um, you want it to have, uh, well, it's gross, but you want it to have some girth. It mm -hmm. needs to look like a tube. <laughs> if your stool is flat and looks like it's literally called ribbon stool. If it looks like a flat ribbon, even if it's long and skinny, that's not good either. Mm -hmm. So, um, irregularities in the bathroom. And so many of us don't even know what healthy should be. So women are like, Oh yeah, I came for periods. And I ask about their poop and they're like, Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I go, yeah, I'm good. I mean, I go every four to five days. Oh, so yeah. those are some, just some great starting points. If you're like, yeah. huh, <laughs> yeah, let me help. <laughs> I love this. I do a training called how to listen to your body and give it what it needs. It's just based on my experience in my life, things that have come oh, up over the amazing. years that were like white coating on the tongue and, you know, all the things. Um, yeah. and so these are all, I, I agree. It's to me, it's as important as working out. It's as important as getting your oil changed in your car yes. and changing yes. the filter in your, in your house. Like all of these things, they're like daily, monthly maintenance things that we should be paying attention to all the time in order to right. know what do we need? Uh, how do I fix it? How do I get ahead of it before it turns into an autoimmune condition before it turns into cancer or infertility? There's so many things that we can do based on the little cues that our body's telling us to help us prevent these things. I think yes. you have to listen and you have to respond, you know, women right. as caregivers, we're caring for our families. We're caring for, you know, our partners, we're caring for all of these. Some, some of us are caring for our parents. Um, adult women are caring for adult children that maybe still haven't left the home. Like ladies, you have to listen to yourself and you know, everybody that sits in front of me, or I talk with over the phone or have a zoom meeting with, they know, Oh, well, you know, these heart palpitations started, you know, a few months ago or anxiety attacks. I'm having them alone in private. They started a few months ago. They know, and they just push through. So I really encourage women, Hey, stop and listen to yourself. You listen to everyone else. You listen to your kids. We, I feel like I'm a little tiny. I'm like a waffle house chef for these kids just barking <laughs> order. I mean, all day, right. We listen to everyone else, but you have to be able to listen to yourself and then respond. Right. Um, 
And I am, I'm literally the guiltiest person on the planet of shoving it under the rug for so many years. And then I'm sick to a point to where there were a lot of years where I thought, okay, I'm not even going to make it to 35, you know, because I didn't know there was another way until I stepped out and got, you know, different education and decided to do this. So listen and then respond. Um, Your doctor will sometimes tell you it's all in your head. And I'm telling you, your, your thoughts, your heart, they are valid. That self-intuition, you are valid. There is a reason something's happening in your body. So even if you don't know the reason, validate what you're hearing, validate what you're feeling, what you know, Oh, is that, is that off? Or is that right? Follow that intuition because it, it reaches a point, like you just said, the symptoms stay. And now you have this condition that's developed and it's much harder once the switch has been tripped, right. Right. To achieve some real healing and recovery. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that speaks to the power of community and hearing other people's stories. Like what you're sharing today is going to help so many people. It's going to help the light bulb go off in their head and go, okay, yeah, no, I haven't had a bowel movement this week. And, <laughs> um, you know, I have blood in my stool or I I've had periods every 11 days since I was 10, this is going to help so many people. I think that's really, um, part of the, also the driving force behind what I do, because, um, when I first started healing myself, and I'm sure this is probably true for you. I felt like I was just grabbing at straws, wherever I could find it, searching for information. I really didn't have anyone to talk to specifically. And then I was dumping all this stuff on my husband. And I felt like I was always sick and there was always a new problem. And there's only so much that your partner can really take on and handle. And you don't want to be the person complaining about your health all the time. And, but when you're sick all the time, it's easy to do that, you know? So find your tribe, find your community and just like lean on them and don't ever be afraid to really like speak your truth and complain to them. Cause they're going to go girl, me too. I know what it's like. <laughs> right. Right. And sometimes that's all we need. You just need one yeah. other person to hear you and know that you're not alone in whatever symptoms or struggle you're having. Um, and imagine and if that person was actually your practitioner. That's why I love raising up the voices <laughs> of practitioners that have autoimmune conditions themselves, because you know exactly what we're going through. You're not going to dismiss us. You're not going to, you know, push us out the door with these, you know, regular labs. You are going to fight for us and dig deeper and do everything that you can to help us heal from the inside out. So I thank you for what you do. Um, like you're going to make me cry. Cause I, I just, oh. like, <laughs> I don't really know much about you. I just met you at that event. And, um, you know, uh, so I was very taken by you and your story. So thank you for sharing that with us on that day. And thank you for sharing it with us today. I think it's going to help so many people. And so um, go ahead and tell us where people can find you and where they can follow you and the best way to interact with you. Yes. Um, And thank you, by the way, I was (laughs) so happy that you came and PS, I will be at your event with oh, my yes. daughter to, oh, tomorrow yes. night, right? Tomorrow. Yes. yes tomorrow. Anyway. Yes, it is girl. I'm excited. And I know she's probably not going to clean her plate. So I'll just be taking her food. <laughs> hey, look, um, I'm making mashed potatoes and stuff. So there's something she's going to eat. I hope she's going to, she's going to love it. She's so excited. It's our okay, special, good. it's our special date. Um, yes, I am at music city health center right in Hendersonville. We are located off of Saundersville road, um, right near, uh, right in a new office complex over there. We used to be by the hobby lobby, um, but we have moved in the last few months. 
gosh, we moved last May. Um, so we're there. We also, uh, so Music City Health Center uh, on Facebook. Um, it's just Dr. Greer um, on Instagram. Um, I think it's just at D-R-G-R-E-E-R -E -E is my I think it's D-R dot because I had to look it up. Oh, so it is a DR dot. Okay. Yeah. DR dot on Instagram. <laughs> Thank you. And then of course, um, music city health center. We also have Facebook, Instagram page, and we, we have like fun things going on in the office, but then we have, um, for our patients that are doing functional medicine, we keep a private nutrition page for them. So they will get, oh. they get extra care that way. And we do create that Facebook community for our patients because they're not all local. Um, mm -hmm. and they don't know each other. So we kind of dump them in this group so they can exchange <laughs> ideas and thoughts and struggles and recipes. So, um, I love that. That's, that's very cool. Us. So, well, I'm yeah. excited to share your information. I'll put all of that in the show notes so folks can go ahead and just click the links. Um, and I'm really looking forward to hopefully sending some patients your way as well. Cause I know there are a lot of, a lot of folks that, um, are mm -hmm. in my program that um that don't have access to um a functional medical doctor that is within reason i know a lot of them cost one of my um students just told me the other day the the lady that she found that she likes i think has a, a sign-on program her her membership program sign-on cost is almost six thousand dollars just to work with mm. her so okay yeah. so, so I was like, we're, well. we're not that <laughs> we're not that um and I, I worked with a practice years ago that I, I wanted to get on so badly, but they, they, this was more than a decade ago and they were wanting, they wanted that 5,000 starting point to mm. move forward. So for us, your first visit is 200. Mm -hmm. Um, we do sit down and cover all of your history. And then that covers like my recommendations, what we're going to do for you, mm -hmm. um, is that first starting point. And then beyond that, I, you know, that, that we do, you know, it is an investment, um, sure. but care plans, just to be really frank, care plans can be anywhere from two to 5,000, but that's including your lab work. Mm -hmm. um, and every patient is different with what they're going to need. Mm -hmm. And if I can get, cause we do charge for labs in house. We do not take any insurance. Uh, if, if I still worked with insurance, I'd never be able to test you the way I want to test you. Sure. Um, so, but then their options. So I have people that just, they, you know, if there is a financial concern that they, this is what we can do right now. And mm -hmm. I lay out a plan where, Hey, I want, let's just say, I want these four panels for you, but you know what, this is most pertinent to your case right now. And then we dictate care based on, all right, in three more months, we're going to do another panel. Mm -hmm. So I tell people, um, it's not an all or nothing. Of course, it's not one size fits all. Um, but it is an investment. So, mm -hmm. um, I wish that's kind of the broken system thought process is that I wish, you know, insurance would help more, but if it did, you'd be no better off. Mm -hmm. Um, so that just kind of gives you a range and there's well, not really, a I mean, we're paying the same price, essentially, either you pay yep. tons of money every month for insurance, for care that you probably don't get very much help with, or that's you right. save that money in your pocket and you go to a provider that doesn't take insurance and you just pay as needed, you know, and hopefully right. the, the, the care that that provider is going to give you is going to be more in depth and more long lasting and more, as you said, there's a, there's a Facebook page with recipes. We're not just going to give you this test and then, you know, give you these supplements and send you on your way. We're actually going to go above and beyond to make sure that wellness is a, a lifelong practice and not just a for right, right. now, let's fix this one acute issue that you have. Not for right now. And with the insurance, 
when you come into our office, we don't take it. So you're not going to get a surprise bill in three months of something your insurance decided not to cover after you thought it would. Um, We're dealing with that personally from our dentist right now. So I'm a little frustrated, a little salty today towards insurance companies, Um, but you're not going to get that. Like the cost is the cost. Um, It's kind of like CarMax, like this is the cost. Um, and we want to help and I am going to fight for you and I'm going to dig in and, uh, want you to walk away empowered because I don't even want you seeing somebody like me. This is about go out, make your own path. Like I want to give you the tools, show you the triggers that you need to understand in your life. But then when you're done, like go take care of yourself. Right. So that's really my goal for patients is that they, like you said, there's a lifestyle overhaul and then you are set up for success to where you don't have to be in a mainstream doctor's office and you're not going to need full care for me forever. Right. Mm -hmm. I want you to be able to take care of yourselves. Right. I love that. So let's do a quick rapid fire question. Just anything that pops in my head, I'm going to ask you and you just answer first answer (laughs) that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. Um, favorite food. Favorite avocados. Favorite drink. Ooh, mojito. <laughs> Non-alcoholic, anything sparkly. Um, <laughs> favorite song. Favorite song. It is um, it's a Adagio for strings, Samuel Barber. It is emotional, it is beautiful, and there are no lyrics, and it will get oh. you every time in the feels, no wow. matter who you are. <laughs> Amazing. Love that. Okay, favorite movie. <laughs> movie um probably Shawshank Redemption really okay yeah it's it's a little rough around the edges but I just I just love his literal redemption it I don't know that one always gets me favorite (laughs) podcast that you're listening to right now if you listen to podcasts favorite podcast I don't listen to a whole lot I'm still new to the podcast world but I do enjoy what I've heard from Rachel Hollis she's Mm -hmm fantastic. Um, and I apologize. There is one that is more faith-based and I don't even know the woman's name, um, <laughs> but she's on my Apple feed and she is great. Um, but that's you have all to send me that after this. Yes, I will. And I need to get better podcasts that will, uh, enrich my life. Okay. Favorite, um, functional medical professional that you follow online. Ooh, I follow um, a doctor living good and I enjoy him. I really enjoy Dr. Mark Hyman. Mm -hmm. He really put functional medicine on the map. Um, So I still, I don't, I'm not fully in line with everything he says, but I love him for putting, putting this profession on the map. Um, And then he kind of ekes in, but Dave Asprey, he's not a provider, but you got to hand it to him for putting functional things, awareness out there. So yeah, I'm always interested following in and he's very like, not afraid to say anything. <laughs> That's what I like the best. He says the things that I feel like I can't get away with sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah. even though again, not a provider, just great for, uh, a great supporter of the sure. profession. Okay. Last question. Um, favorite supplement that you're taking right now or favorite. supplement that you're prescribing. Yeah. My favorite that I am never without, um, I've, I've actually kind of 
combined two little tincture for myself. I use um, a FemAid balancer for my hormones. It's a liquid combination of herbs that really help put my cycles back on the map. It is incredible for me, this age and stage. Um, like I said, it's called FemAid. We carry it. And then if I can slide in a second one back to the gut is I use um, a Cellcore product okay. um, every single day. It's called Biotoxin Binder. Okay. It's simple, no belly pain, and it facilitates that binding of any toxins in the body, binding and then release. Um, so I use oh. that every single day to keep my Is belly it like up. a charcoal-based binder or do you it's have not charcoal? Or... It is okay. dark. It's fulvic acid and humic okay. acid. So it's soil-based. Okay. It's very similar concept to charcoal. So you don't have to take like a stool softener with it. No, it, you okay, don't. Good. And I have used charcoal and gotten really backed up before. So okay. it's also nutrient sparing. So it's a little more selective. Um, and it's not going to grab everything. It's just grabbing what it's supposed correct. to. Okay. And if you like know that. you're going to be a little more free, especially if I do decide to consume a, a healthy cocktail, mm -hmm. I take um, an extra just to make mm -hmm. sure I don't have any as much trouble. Alcohol is never great for us, but yeah. if we indulge, um, but it's fantastic. And so- okay post cleanses. Okay. That's what I use to keep things go. Very cool. Moving my body. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today. I really enjoyed it. We're going to have to have you come back for a whole parasite discussion and let's do a trauma discussion as well. <laughs> yeah. It's going to get, just bring your tissues. It's gonna get, yeah. Thank you so much. This was so much fun today. <laughs> Yay. Well, have a good day. I'll, I'll be chatting with you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Edible Rx, the podcast that teaches autoimmune warriors to use food as medicine. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you have any questions for Dr. Greer, go ahead and follow her on social media. I've posted all of the links in the show notes so you can find her online. You can um, use her telehealth services if you're not in Nashville. You can visit her in Hendersonville if you are. And uh, until next time, guys, eat your damn vegetables. Bye.